Greetings. My name is James Major Burns, and I am your host of The Third Degree with me, James Major Burns. So people remember, this is a safe space and outlet for myself and others to speak on things going on in our lives and in our world. This is a chance to see what's going on behind the mind of the creative versus what you think, because what you see and what you think ain't always the truth. Here, we get to learn, laugh, love, share, and sometimes debate together. So ladies and gentlemen, today I have a very, 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 very important guest. <laughs> soon to be major, Trayvell Maurice. I'm sorry, soon to be Burns. <laughs> soon to be Burns, ladies and gentlemen. Men, I give you Trayvell Maurice. Greetings. Greetings, everyone. The crowd's going wild. <laughs> well, they bet to be. We need you guys to come. <laughs> guys, we need you to calm down. We just... Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much. Because, you know, people have been waiting to hear from you for so long. Well, they're no. just. I was supposed to be episode one. Well, y'all know how that goes. 50 episodes later, here I am. Greetings. Trayvell Maurice here. Soon to be Burns. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, uh, he was supposed to be episode one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, thirty, thirty-one, thirty, and fifty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, it took him a little long to get here. Why yeah, does it take you so long? Because I'm a busy man. Clearly. Oh, clearly. You're just that busy, huh? Yeah, I got jobs. Uh, I work. I direct shows. I produce. I do it all. I step in when I need to. Oh, just don't have time for any interviews. Not even from your soon-to-be husband, who you live with and spend all your time with at home and have free time with. No, that's a lie. You interviewed 50 other people, James Major Burns. No, I did not interview 50 people. Well, I mean, I can count on probably one hand how many interviews you had with yourself. (laughs) <laughs> so every other interview that leaves 45 so about 45 of those people james major perns was guest who i all knew and learned a lot about i think you're doing a great job with this podcast by the way i learned a lot from these artistic people and creatives who i have the pleasure of calling very close friends some of them and some of them friends and some of them suit to be friends Okay, well, thank you very much. It's glad I'm glad to hear that you're listening and you're paying attention. Okay, why wouldn't I? I'm, I'm your mate. Kidding. And on top of that... <laughs> We've talked about it. Yes, yes. I've built this practically with you. All right, baby. You can't be super, super loud into the mic. You know, you got that deep, powerful bass in your voice. So I can't have you shooting through because I need the people to hear you clearly. Okay? Are you so, going to edit, edit that out or are you going to keep that in there? I'm going to keep it in here because it's real here. Oh, okay. Real rap raw. Oh, well, let me talk a little softer. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to turn that to you so you can see it. When it go red, that means you're shooting through the roof. Yeah. So. I mean, and we can't have you shooting through the roof because we need the people to hear what you have to say. So they're going to hear it at a whisper? Okay, Mariah. Because 
Because I have the voice, it, it clearly is too strong for your microphones here. <laughs> right. We're going to need to upgrade. Since you created everything, why don't you go ahead and sign that check? I didn't. What did I say I created? Okay, move on. Thank you. Building. Move on. Anyway, so some of you may know, but a lot of you may not know that Trey was also one fourth of three and a half gays. Three and a half. I couldn't figure out what harmony we was going to get. But I'm surprised you're singing it because they never wanted to sing it on the show because they were all haters and they knew that that jingle was where it's at. I didn't hate the jingle. I just thought that the jingle needed work. That you weren't willing to help with. Were you going to allow me? Yes. Oh. Oop. You heard it here at first, America. <laughs> mm. So, anyways, how was three and a half gays for you? I've been wanting to have you on this. I got a lot to ask you. See, I got him, y'all. See, he thought we was about to sit down you and talk about one thing. You have 45 minutes. And here we are <laughs> talking about something else. So, uh, how was three and a half gays for you? No, uh, seriously. Uh, three and a half gays was, it was, it was a great experience. Um I feel like what we did was uh, really transform our little community here in Youngstown, Ohio, in a way. I mean, we had a lot of viewers and uh, and people who listened to us in the city. And I felt like that inspired a lot of people to start some podcasts of their own. Um, every time we would see our followers out, whether that is the Federal or Rise or whatever, you know, we they were always addressed us as a group, three and a half gays. Uh I love your podcast. We also were international. We had people listening in all different types of countries uh, wanting us uh, to advertise their businesses, sending us shirts in the mail, all that stuff. So I feel like, you know, it was a great uh, a great thing that was happening. Unfortunately, we had to end it. But um, I feel like what we talked about was some serious issues. I know I shared a lot about my insecurities with myself and my sexuality and coming out or dealing with my father and his uh, lack of uh, being present in me or my sister's lives. Um, yeah, we talked about a lot of real stuff. Uh, there was also some jokes and laughing and playing. And I mean, it was true friendship over the air. I feel like that's what people want. They want realness and uh, authenticity. And that's what three and a half gays was. Oh, I really... I just really love the way you expressed and explained what the show was because I don't think I've heard you um, say it or talk about it. And I haven't talked to the other two co-hosts about how, you know, what it really meant to them either. So, you know what, the next time I have Tom on, I'm going to ask him to explain to you. This is, this was really nice. I'm, I'm glad you said that. I really, really loved um three and a half gays too and that makes me think about it for myself now on what mm. it meant to me because on the surface of things for me i was like it was fun to do and have it with my friends right and it was entertaining for me right i, I feel like it was entertaining for all of us that's what i'm saying like you know, we sat here at this very table <laughs> at this very table here and discussed a plethora of things um whether that was what was dealing with what we were dealing with that week what we had dealt with in the past 
uh, current events, whether that was Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, B for Remy Ma or whatever, The Breakfast Club, whatever it was that was happening, it was being discussed uh, or joked about or uh, we were being comforted in multiple ways about issues that we were dealing with or had or mental stuff like depression or anxiety or fear or whatever it was. Uh, and I feel like people related with that. I don't. I don't know if a lot of that even exists still. I mean, we're starting to do that in 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 the media now with being real and showing our true selves and dealing with mental health and all that other stuff. Um, but like I said, I feel like three and a half gays uh, was really a uh, a podcast that helped all of us work out our inner issues. And to me, I feel like really that's why we do anything, whether that's play basketball or baseball or uh, be in the arts, acting or dance. It allows us to express ourselves and get rid of some of the emotions or deal with some of the emotions or experience or explore some of the emotions that we have within us that uh, can sometimes be debilitating uh, and prevent us from doing the things we actually want to do. I feel like that's what Three and a Half Gays was. It was a successful thing. Long story short, it was a successful thing that I'm sad that it couldn't last longer than what it did. Uh, I wish it had. I yeah, wish I we can. I saw Three and a Half Gays being absolutely. Like it, it's marketable in my head. That that word, and the name is marketable. It's, it's Three just, and a Half Gays. I mean that that's that's very marketable. Gay. And I think people saw that, which is why they loved it so much. What I think is we were all very diverse Different. in our own yeah. selves in being a part of a community that we were representing. Absolutely. And with different perspectives and right. opinions. I mean, because, I know I had some. Because as black people, black people, as gay people, and as people, um, we're always in groups and categorized by certain things. Right. So, you know, being black people think a certain way of us and think they know how things goes, things go or how we think and the same with being gay. So the four of us, even though we were three and a half gays or four black friends, right. We were very different and we had differences of opinions. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing. I think a lot of people, even in their friend groups could see that in us also. Right. It was an opportunity for some people who think they know us, but really don't get to know us through boom um, dot com, <laughs> you know, or it's just, I mean, get to know us. I mean, that's how we get to know people. And when I say a fan of, I just mean somebody that like you are interested in, in right. a way that you um, say hello to them every time you see them out somewhere. Right. How, um, like, well, like if I see somebody that I don't really know that well, but you know, we always have like kind of a good conversation in passing. I say hello to them. Mm-hmm. May even go out of my way to be like, oh, hello. You know, it's good to see you again. Or how are you? It's nice to see you. But I don't have their phone number on my phone, but it's just a person that I see. Or even if it's through social media. And with us being artists, it was like that with a lot of people. So I think even for them, it was like, you know, they are cool. They're funny. Let me check out what this show is about. And it was very relatable to many people in different ways. As to where, like, me doing it by myself now, there's going to be a a certain person who can relate to me. And it could be many people, but it's more people to relate to um, Mm -hmm. in a four versus a one. I mean, I agree with that. I I, I feel like it, the... 
when you talk about relating, I feel like it has to do with the content. I feel like it was more so the content than it was the individual people, you know, because, you know, there's some podcasts that have multiple different people on it. But the thing that makes it successful is the topic of conversation that people can relate to as a whole. Why? Because these experiences or topics are human topics or human experiences that everybody deal, deals with on a daily basis or have dealt with, you know, and that allows uh, the audience to be engaged and add their input in multiple forms. I feel like that's what you're doing here. I mean, like I said, I mean, I've learned a lot from some of your podcasts that you talk with, uh, with people that you've talked with, whether that was KCG, Mama, or Joshua William Green, or Ariel, or Sabrina. I learned a lot from them, or Maj, or Jimmy, or whoever, you know. What has been your favorite third degree moment? My favorite? Mm-hmm. Mm. Something that you would tell somebody to listen to the show for. Well, as an artist, I feel like that the episode that spoke the most to me was probably KCG. I loved KCG's one because of who she is, one, two, because of her experience in the business. You know, she has both types of experience. She has the past experience because the industry has changed, you know, when she got into it. And now to see her perception of the industry now, uh, one of the most important things that she said was, if you have a plan B, you will fall back on it. And I feel like that was one of the most profound things ever to be said, because it is real. You know, so much of or so many artists now today uh, are told the arts is not an industry to go into because it's so difficult or you can not be able to. Uh, support yourself financially, which is not entirely true because as far as I'm concerned, everybody wants to be entertained and that requires payment. So, right. I mean, and that's you, half the battle um, being told and knowing that the security um, financially of trying of, of pursuing this and only this and putting all your time into it results in you having to have, other forms of income, like a nine to five right. to um, produce the things you want and, or even start working in that field. Right. I mean, we're doing, we're, I mean, we're doing that now though. I mean, me and you are doing that baby. Like, uh, we are, yeah, I mean, I work, I'm a manager at Canfield Dunkin' Donuts. That's what we do. We we just did a show a week ago, uh, two gays, two mics, one love, one night. We just did that, and it was Period. it was a sellout show. We <laughs> sold the show out to almost over fifty people, and uh, that was surprising. But it was great to see this community support. You know, so there's people here who want to support the art. Uh, but like I said, I mean, it's it's totally feasible to do, and I and I do think as an artist, there are more things that we can do other than artistry. You know, I don't think we need to be put ourselves in the box of I'm just a jazz singer or I'm just a Broadway star. Uh, you could, for instance, like Cynthia Revo, she got her start in The Color Purple on Broadway, but now she just moved on. Uh, producers from uh, Harriet the movie, they knew they wanted to do Harriet. They came to see the show. They wanted to talk to her after the show. They had a conversation. That was in 2016. The show or the movie came out in 2019. 
and she was the leading title role. So, I mean, we can do more things than what she thought that she was going to do, which is musical theater, led to her being now in the film industry. So, I mean, it's, it's important to know that you could do more than one thing as an artist. You could be more than one thing as an artist. You don't have to just be this thing. If this thing right now isn't working for you as an artist or you're not traveling or you're not on uh, some musical show or you're not the best vocalist or, or you're not the next superstar currently, you're not the Beyonce of the world, you know, right now touring the as country. The and people Beyonce of Young Sound, I can speak on that. It's like, <laughs> but let me tell you, um, so as far as what you're talking about, yeah. I feel like Top Model raised me on that of understanding. Um, but before I was pers- pers- before I was pursuing what I wanted to do, yeah. I was learning those things through like watching Top Model and seeing Tyra talk about being a model, but also a businesswoman yeah. and getting the, the girls ready for more than just modeling also mm-hmm. and telling them like, this isn't going to be your career, most of you for the rest of your lives. Right. So you have to get in there. You have to understand what you're good at and what all you also you could do and see how many people on the set have this job here, but then at the next shoot have a different job. So top model raised me on it and then drag race took it to a different level absolutely for me. because although i don't want to be a drag queen watching rue explain um you know her story her journey through um um the first 10 years of her absolutely. life and then the um you know middle mid years of her life rue is just and, now gaining worldwide success right. and she's probably 50 i know 60 or she's 60 <sighs> 60 years old can you imagine that like I mean, technically, the life expectancy is the next 40 years, Rue probably will be dead, possibly. Yeah, I'm not, you always got to well, kill I'm everybody. Not, well, I'm not trying to put that we on her. That. I'm just being realistic. I mean, our the life expectancy of the average person right now is about 70. <laughs> we need to get that a you little know, higher. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying, like, Rue is 60 years old and just now gaining success. And I feel like, you know, as an artist or as a performer or whatever dream that you have, I feel like you can't level the success of your career or or the level your worth based off of the amount of success you have if, if rue wasn't the superstar she is 30 years ago you know i mean she, the point is she kept going you know right and, and that's and it always makes room for you like they always say because that's it does. what i take out of all of these shows i watch reality shows or um a scripted television series such as how to get away with murder which starts back april 2nd and i'm so excited I for the wait. last six episodes but um watching drag race up, get caught up one of the rock walkthroughs rue told one of the girls that uh she said um if you can talk you can sing she said i still don't know the words to call me mother and it took took me five days to, to write, write it, it and learn it and sing it because it was written for her and rue is just oh, was on, it? yeah i thought she wrote that Mm-mm. rue get her stuff done rue ain't playing no games she's like you good at what you do i know what i'm good at i'm going to do that it's not that she don't help write any lyrics, but she get that stuff done for her. Right. And that's what it is. But um, when she was talking about that and when the girls all stars too, and they started doing the songs, I was like, you know what? Let me, let me try this out. Let me try to do it. It gave me more motivation to start writing songs and then especially rapping. I was like, you know what? I feel like I could drop some bars. I'm going to write some songs and I'm going to drop some bars. And I just felt like it was a, and it opened up a new lane and understanding of more things that I can do. And even with um, watching 
you and um, people around me going to do more things. So it, it started to change my mind. And I don't know why on such a level of drag race, that which is on television, that I can get a better understanding of it than, um, or be open to it more than what's around me. So even watching you be able to direct Dream Girls successfully, I already knew that you, or, well, in my heart, I was, I already felt that you would be a good director and a, a person um, in charge of directing and uh, getting people to understand effectively. So for me, I wasn't really like surprised. Like, yeah. oh, Trey did a great job. I was like, he's doing a great job and I pretty much thought you would. And I thought Dream Girls would be successful. And I thought that based on what I see in the people I knew. Not yeah. like, oh, we just about to kill it and people just going to love it. I'm like, oh no, we're going to do a, a great job. Not only because we're talented, but because of how much the show meant to us. Mm-hmm. And we had people in great positions for everything they needed. Just like people felt like I was a good role for Jimmy, you were a great um, role for the director. Which is very important. And um, sometimes not looked at as much for movies or Music videos or musical theater, but I love uh, the structure of somebody who's in charge and trying to lead me and tell me what I should do. So again, I knew because you're thorough. You're thorough. Yes, I am. Well, I feel like you have to be. I feel like all creative creativeness have to be. I mean, that's our job to tell the world who we are. And you cannot do that with subliminal messages or partial messages. You have to be thorough on who you are and what you stand for. You know, and my requirement for Dream Girls, you know, out of all its success, you know, I mean, from the start, from the jump, I needed it to be the best thing that had ever hit that stage. Until date, I believe that it was. At least my five years of being at the Youngstown Playhouse since Cats, to me, Dreamgirls was the most professional, top-notch, and fully executed show. And I was in practically every musical prior to that <laughs> in the last five years, with minus a few of them. So, I mean, in that case, I mean, the standard was high. You know, there was expectation. We needed to meet it because, I mean, we're professionals and quality over quantity is best to me. In order to have quality production or quality entertainment, you have to be thorough, period, dot com. Yes. Um, it was just so great for me because I got to play my dream role on my favorite stage in front of my hometown. And it was with some of my favorite people. And it was just, it was pure fun. But I liked the hard work. And that's also fun to me. Even with the frustration, it's fun to me. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, it, like getting older and just having more years of going into things I mean going into work and doing more work I've started to look at um, how I do things in a different way and I will shout shout out Lucy Bobbin because during Shrek (laughs) she had to let somebody have it one time and she had to remind them to not get in her way because she has a job to do and her job was moving something on on stage in the set piece. And she didn't care what was going on. Do not get in her way. Right. And just so you remember, this is just not a show. This, this is, is also job. her job. And this is what I do. Absolutely. I said, you know what, Lucy, you right. This is our job. There, that's called professionalism. And I mean, the sad part about it is, you know, especially in the arts, I, I feel like we get a little loose with that, you know? 
uh, we forget one why we do it, which is because we love to do it. But when you love something, it's a priority. You know what I'm saying? So Lucy loves the arts, loves theater, loves the show she was doing. So she made it a priority. You know, she didn't compromise it. And it's just an important thing. I mean, we, we could talk all day about the importance of the arts or how much we uh, need to improve or or how we need to tell the world who we are and all the et cetera, right? Uh, it's just important for us to remember as artists and as creatives that it's our job to, uh, we have a big responsibility. We literally can change the world through the art we make. And it, it has been doing so for forever. Black History Month just ended. You know, a black, a black man made this the, the streetlights, you know, it changed the whole world. <laughs> I mean, we everybody stops on red, uh, slow on yellow and go on green. I mean, that's what the arts can do. The arts is that creation yes. that could push society forward or backwards based off of what we present. And it's real. Life expression. So so there was a few things I wanted to talk to you about um, being here. First of all, you're getting married. Are you excited? I am excited to get married to the James Andrew Burns. Greetings. It's like, no. Um, he's the James Andrew Burns to you all, but he's major to me. And uh, I love him. I love you so much. And I'm so happy about what we're getting ready to do. It's been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, we had, we've had difficulties. We have ups and we have downs. I feel like the root of all of it is driven out of the fact that we want the best for each other. I feel like, I mean, we go through things like every other relationship. But, I mean, the reality is, is that, I mean, love, I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but love does win. Uh, And we created a love that is tangible and we feel it and the people around us feel it. And that's why we're, I mean, I'm excited about it. I'm just excited to spend the rest of my life with you and take on new challenges with you and chase our dreams with you and see the world. That's what I want to do. I would love to travel. I mean, I don't want to stay in, in the United States of America all the time. Well, now I do because of this corona. Uh-uh. You know, <laughs> I don't have time for this corona, okay? Corona needs right. to take several seats. It needs to just <laughs> go ahead and pass. Go ahead and pass on by. Take several corona. seats, corona. Um, yeah. I'm excited to um, get married, too. Because, listen, I told you, like, when we first got together, I said, no, it'll be at least five years. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be five mm-hmm. years. And it's been a long time coming. And I knew I, that we could be married when um when I would get upset and the rage would cease. And I would be like, why am I mad? Mm-hmm. I forgot I was mad. And I'm like, I love him. Meanwhile, I'd be so mad. I'd be like, oh, just kidding. I'm like, get out. Get out, <laughs> and you can go tonight. But then I'm like, no, I just want to mm-hmm. lay next to him. Mm-hmm. He's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm excited to start new journeys with yeah, it's you. A, it's a new, and, it's a new um, journey. You know, face new challenges and be better people for ourselves and together. Mm-hmm. Well, it starts with ourselves first. Ourselves. Because if you can't love yourself, you can't love nobody else. How the hell? You gonna love somebody else. Also, I want to have kids. 
Well, that's going to be a no over here uh, because <laughs> what you're not going to do, what you're not going to do, Deal James breaker. Major Burns, is take my youth away from me, sir. You not, until it's going to be a no. You got until you're 25 and then. <laughs> oh, you said 25? About I'm about to be 23. So that's two whole in years. In less that's than four weeks. Time. Yeah. So you got until you're 25 and then we're going to start to think about it. We're going to see where we're at. Okay. I mean, I'm fine with that. But you's 30. Almost. Almost. After you 23. Yes. And I think you should at least give me till. You 30? 28. Hell no. At least till I'm 28. I was going to say at least 27. Cause okay, I, we want you off. So that could be an extra year. Be? Plus six, I'll be 33. Yes. Which is fine. I don't know. Wait, I'm, I'll be 28. How old are you now? 22. Oh, so that's... So I'll be 37? Uh, no, yeah. I need a kid before that. No. 35 for me. 35? So I'll be what? 26. Yeah. Okay, I mean, that's fine. You'll be 26, 27. 26, 27. Look at this. Can't do basic math. How'd that work? Not at the time. <laughs> How does that work? Terrible. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine. I'm fine with kids. I, I do want kids. I just don't want. I mean, kids changes the dynamic of a relationship. I Every, said five years. Everybody knows that. Uh, if you don't know that now, you know. If you don't, I if you don't know that, uh, maybe you don't get kids. But for those of you who listen, who got kids and have been through that relationship change, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, I I I, I want to be able to enjoy our marriage for a little bit. You know? I do too. But the process is gonna have to start. Because, you know, we can't have our own kids. So unless we hit the lottery, we're going to have to start saving up and start planning things. Mm-hmm. Unless somebody's just going to have our kid for us. Right. I wanted to be somebody in and our family. You, though, and do you know, do I also want assets to be able to give to a child. I mean, that comes over time, too, in development. But I want to I be able to give them something. Right now, I don't feel like I have anything to give uh, currently as far as fortune or uh, legacy. All my love. You know, love is great. All my beloved, beloved, love ain't gonna support a child in this world. Yes, it will. Not entirely, not financially, not to eat, not to do all that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So they have to be able to. I want. I want to be able to set them up to be the most successful people in life. Resources. You know, we can. They can be the best person we create them to be, and you know, instill the best values in them. But there's still a system. There's still. Um, Things that are hindrances to them, uh, to the children. And, I mean, they need to be fully equipped to take on the world. Especially, I mean, the world in 1997 when I was born is different in 2020. So, it's a lot much harder, you know. Things are different, drastically. So, I mean. I mean, things are very different and they're going to change. And things are going to get bad before they're going to get good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm not afraid. I'm not any of that. I just want to be able to have the best possible resources to give to the child. Hashtag make America great for once. Yes. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> yeah. So, oh, yeah. um, I did want to talk to you about a few things as mm-hmm. I got off topic before, but, um, so I want to talk to you about support because you can look at support in different ways and people can support you in different ways. But you know, sometimes I can get in my feelings as Everyone should know by now it's going to be episode like 56 or something or 55. 
Welcome to see, you know, it's been a lot. And I'm going for that 100 stretch. 100 before May. Y'all here with that? Y'all down for that? 100 before May. 100? I'm about to talk to these people. 100. And to myself. Mm. But, um, so. I may come back. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I get that Dream Girls interview I've been fishing for six months. Oh, yeah. But anyway, so what does support mean to you as far as supporting you and what you do in your life? But more importantly, right now, just on the topic of being an artist and how people support you with that. Uh, well, not just people, your friends, friends. Um, I'm not gonna say this is a hard question because I don't feel like it is for me. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, support, I, I would love definitely support in, in the sense you would love if I was doing a show, I would love for my friends to come out and support me, you know, but if there was a case where they couldn't come out and support, you know, I mean, I, they could buy a ticket, you know. I mean, I guess I would appreciate that, or, uh, or, or even well, let, or even let me know. That is, is always the same. Like they they can't come. I'm sorry. I said, what if that's the case all the time? That like, they can't come. Uh huh. Well, if it's the case that all the time that they can't come, then but you do know that they still love you and okay, loving me and supporting me in two different things. Okay. Let, let's get that clear right now. That's clear now. Lo- love crystal. Love, I can love you, James Major Burns, but you know, I mean, it took me this long to support this podcast. Tell tell him why. <laughs> you tell know him what why. I'm tell him why. What do you mean why? Why? Well, why originally so we were supposed to do the podcast together. Do we want to go here? Do go we want to go? go no, there. no, we're not gonna do this to the world. <laughs> go there. <laughs> we're not gonna do this to the world. World, Stop listen to me. Neck. Oh, popping that neck. Well, it, excuse me for popping the neck. Tell me why. Anywho, um, tell why, Labriel. <laughs> tell why. <laughs> no, um, no. Uh, I mean, su- supporting. I mean, love. I love James. I love James to death. But it took me this long to support the podcast because one, I wanted him to do his own thing. Um, I feel like there was a lot of. Uh, I, I I'm not gonna say envy or anything like that. I I just wanted to, James to be able to express himself. I mean, once three and a half gays broke up, he always wanted to do a podcast by himself. So this was the time to do it. I didn't want to step in the way and, and, you know, be trying to take over. This is not mine. This is yours. And you've developed it. And um, I wanted you to figure it out for yourself. You know, you know, you know, you could have always come to me and, you know, asked me for Mm-hmm. For for help, like before we started this podcast, we're trying to fix these mics. Don't do it. That we will be getting new, brand new ones, so they can be better and increase this quality of third degree with James. Major right, Burns. that he promised to pay for. So y'all heard it here. Well, you heard he it here first, third degree audience. Yes, Trey, he we'll be paying pay for, for some new microphones. Thirty days. Thirty Sorry. days. No, we have a wedding to pay for. Don't you forget? Yes. Uh so yeah, once once that happens, I mean, there, there's a big difference, you know. I love you, but you know, actually supporting you is being here, on the, on the podcast, uh, or showing up, uh, doing helping you with any element of the podcast that you need help on. Uh, that stuff is support. Um, the other stuff is love, you know. Yeah, I love you, James. You know, I'm I'm here for you. We could talk, you know. But showing up to an event to me would be the support. 
answer does that answer your question absolutely and i really appreciate people who come to our shows and i will say we we got some loyal loyal fan base right and i think i think we have a lot of loyal fan base that we didn't artistic fans yeah I, i don't think we knew how many people actually supported us you know yeah because the ones you think are going to come don't come and then there's a lot of people who surprise you and you're like oh it's my gosh what are you doing here very it's like oh well Dale, you're here to see the show but i wasn't expecting to see you absolutely so i mean it's a very inspiring thing like i said but i mean yeah as far as support definitely coming to see the show or being there uh at an event that someone's having is support to me I feel like if you can't not make it, let me let me be clear, because folks, folks, whoever listening to this, some of y'all are my friends. Y'all going to think that if I don't show up to one of your events, then I'm reneging on what I just said. Oh, no, no, no. Guess what? Because they don't listen to this either. So. Oh, because I was going to say, I just wanted to be clear that I am not saying that. What I am saying is that if I cannot make your gig or whatever it is, forgive me i will if i can buy a ticket i will uh to support you in any way of that um do understand that i do love you uh and i want to be there but i may have other responsibilities at the time of your event that i just can't totally completely drop if i can't drop it i will you know, if it's going out on a night of karaoke, but I, you want me, you you throw in a little show. Now, mind you, too, there's a lot of logistics to this, too. If you let me know about a gig you just about to do and I already had plans to go to karaoke and it's the day of and you now the day of want to have an event somewhere, honey, probably not because the plans were already made. The, does that make sense? Yes. Okay, because I, I feel like some people would be like, hmm. I just need to make clear on multiple forms. I also feel like there's um, levels to it because I understand for us doing theater, like I know we have friends who only come see shows because we're in them and they'd never go anywhere else to see a show. And that's fine. And we have friends who love entertainment so they'll come see it because it's entertainment. Exactly. And then we have friends who love theater and they come see it because exactly. they love exactly. to do theater. And then we have people who actually come to see us because they enjoy watching us perform, whether it's in a show um, that's been created and done over and over again or right. something that we have created ourselves. Right. So it is really, um, for me, it's really like, I don't know. I don't even know how to express it or what I'm looking to say, but it's, it means a lot to me to see this, you know, the same people come and see us and see us and the same people who are saying, Oh, you should move away, mm-hmm. but we want you here. Right. But they actually come to support us right. versus the people who say, you need to get out of here. You're so talented. But don't I can't wait anything. to see you on Broadway so I can come see you. I'm like, yeah. uh, well, you could come and see me now. I'm doing a lot here. Right. See, that to me is not support. That that to me is make you feel good. You know, I, I, I validate what you're doing, you know, because I see it over social media, but I have never seen it live, you know, and there's a big difference between being a, I mean, there's a big difference when y'all watching those Beyonce videos on YouTube than being in Beyonce's audience. There's a big total different experience uh, being in a room and then 
congratulating because you saw what happened in the room. Does right. that make sense? So I'm just like, I mean, in that element, yeah, you support me from from afar, but there really is no support. There's validation of what I'm doing. That's not support. That's validation that you that you are okay with what I'm doing or whatever. I mean, not that I even need that, but I'm right. just saying like actual support is being involved in whatever that is. Listen, and especially when people travel, when they are willing to go, I, I don't want to say out of the way, but especially out of the way of something they normally don't do, but Absolutely. that's what friends do. Right. They go and, and they support you through um, things that you're doing. And it doesn't completely um define where the friendship is but it is something that i um that i look at and wonder about i'm like i wonder why they don't come to none of the shows right. like i, know I can't they love say us. i know they support me but they don't come to none of my damn shows right i can't say about me and you though i feel like me and you both support specifically our group of friends very uh strongly uh we are there we we show up uh, half the time we're in the performance. Yeah, half time we in the performance. But even if we're not in the performance, even if we said no, <laughs> even in if the we, first place. Yeah, even if even if we were already occupied with three other shows and they're in desperate need or whatever, or they want us to be a part of it, they ain't even got to be in desperate need. If they want us to be a part of it, more than likely we will say yes. You know, we've helped our friends develop their shows, create their shows, uh, pers- be persistent in the show. Uh, redesign a show. You know what I'm saying? We've even taken over some of our friend shows because of all of the responsibility on the one individual. Uh, So, I mean, we we show up and in that essence of support, we also go and see our friends' shows. Uh, Whether that's YSU or the Youngstown Playhouse or even our friends who are singers, you know. Uh, We go to their gigs that we know about. Let me be correct. We go to the gigs that we know about. Because you can't be mad if you don't tell somebody about something. Yeah, because Which I forget to tell people sometimes. I'm like, look, that's why I have my Facebook. And I know people don't like Facebook, but that's where I post a lot of myself versus, I mean, because we don't have a website. And that's what I've been thinking about lately of how to set up a website to purchase me, which sounds terrible. But how do you, I'm like, what what is my website? It's just entertainer. We're going to talk to Natalie about it. I was going to say, what? No. I mean, as an artist, I mean, so many people have websites. Book Me Now is on Facebook. Book Me Now. Uh, All of those things. Book Me Now. Book Me for Your Pride. James. James Major. Birds. Anywho, what's your next question? So, um... <laughs> about support is you know I feel like it's something that's like a double-edged sword which for me most things are because it's what's the actual truth my truth and then the other party's truth as far as like me feeling like oh well I support you more or I care more well I mean how do you even get to the actual truth I don't know Right. So my truth is actually most of the time the actual truth. People like to deny it. But well, a lot of times I know what I'm talking about. I think that's a little biased, don't you think? Not, uh, I'm being real fair right now. Okay. Life's not fair. But um, bias, but proceed. 
What was I saying? Something about support. Double-edged sword. The truth, the actual truth, and then their truth. See, if you would stop interrupting me, maybe I can remember what I'm talking about. Oh, excuse me. I'll be quiet. So, um, so you know, sometimes I just get in my feelings. But also, what I was going to say earlier is, they're the people who just don't... It, it's hard to tell your friend, like, maybe, like, I'm just not into what you're doing. I love you, but I just... I don't want to see this. Why and is that hard? what if that was the case? Why is that hard? Because you, you're going to hurt their feelings. Mm, I, I can see that. You're going to hurt my feelings. Well, I mean, I tell you that now. Well, probably, probably mine's too, but I mean, I can't. Yes, yes. I mean. But I take it like a G because I've had friends tell me, oh, that, that wasn't hot. I'm going to need them to take me out. I don't feel like everything, everything everybody does is for everybody right you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i mean that's true even for the top-notch superstars every i mean i don't go to see adele's concerts you know i mean i love her voice i mean but the concert might not just be for me i mean that it, it's subjective art is right so i mean you may like this show today you may not like this other show i mean but what i don't think I think, first of all, what we need to understand and all agree is that art is subjective and maybe a lot of feelings won't be hurt. Do you understand that, yes, you created this. Yeah, I'm your friend, but it's also subjective for me. So I mean, I mean, we have a a, a mutual friend who did, who did that for a FAF show. I mean, we can mention his name, <laughs> can't we? Who? Jarrell. Oh, I mean... <laughs> We just did our, our two gays, two mics, one love, one night. He was like, I have nothing to say about this. Right, but when right, we right. did Fab 2.0. we always looking at him like, uh. Yeah, but when we did Fab 2.0, he was like, I did not like this because we were going through a tough time with our friendship, right? Yeah, so he, was, he let us have it. I mean, I was like, it's thank subjective. you for it's your subjective. services. So, I mean. Right. And they don't, they don't got to like it. Our feelings game. You can our, come and not like something. That's fine. My feelings weren't hurt. I mean, either I created it. You I mean, see. that's why you put it up there, knowing that there's exactly knowing that they're going to for somebody it. to not like something. Exactly, and I wouldn't expect everybody to like everything. Hell, I don't like everything. And if that wasn't the case, I mean, like movies, there wouldn't be a Rotten Tomatoes. Why do we even care about that? It's critics or critiques. Sorry, <laughs> critics, critics, critiques. Hashtag critics about a movie that somebody thought was genius that other people might have thought were was a. 54% on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> that don't mean the movie was entirely bad for everybody. You know? But, like I said, it's subjective. It is. But I tell you, being in a group of people, I mean, in a circle of friends, and we're very much alike because we're, most of us are artists, yeah. and we express ourselves a lot. That's what we do. Yeah. So we are always expressing We're ourselves. Very emotional people. Yes, but like I said, expressing ourselves. Emotional. So that is hard, and like for me, that's how that's stressful for me. Like working together sometimes because we have had um, instances where we had tough times with friendships because of business. So now I'm trying to create less stress for myself, and I hope that doesn't. Or I wonder how it would be, how I would take it if somebody was like, you know, I love you, but I just don't want to work with you. I feel like I would be like, I get it. Especially if I felt the same way. But maybe if I didn't feel the same way, I would be like, oh, well, well bitch, why? <laughs> right. But um, I try to, 
Well, I would still have to understand. I might, but I might feel some type of way. So I wonder that that it. Regardless, I have to create less stress for myself in situations, and sometimes it's hard to understand or accept that you and a friend might not work well together. Hell, sometimes I'd be like, me and Trey do not work well together. But Mm -hmm. then we really do. But it's because of some things that we both need to handle, like sometimes. um, Listening. Listening. There you go. Or or being able to accept critiques. That's the business we're in. Or being able to alter, being willing, being, being able to know that some of your ideas may be able to be changed to make them better. It, I'm not saying that it will always make them better. Right. Or most of the time, you know, but just being open and willing for your ideas to be altered to see if they can be made better is what needs to be. A lot of artists aren't that way because they're like, oh, this is the art I made. I just want to make it, period. But I mean, are you in the business of making it the best it can be or just seeing it through? That's I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. And if if you just want to see it through, that's fine. You have all the creative elements of doing that. But I mean, I mean, I want to make the art the best it could possibly be. So I feel like I'm more willing to for change. You know, Um, I feel like we need it in the art form. Absolutely. But. um, I recently started a uh, what do you call it? Um, a songwriters group because I was, you know, looking up some ways of uh, how you break into songwriting as far as like getting your music out to people. And it was like, you should start a songwriting group, have, and, um, you know, try to write a few songs. Mm. Let's say one song a week. I was like, Oh, I'm going to need more than I I need more than a week. Yeah. And I haven't been on it at all, but it's like, forcing myself to focus to get it done but i have started a group at least and started exchanging work and looking for critiques also because i know for me sometimes i don't ask i'm like well i didn't ask for your critique as far as this but i'm always open to it but to me that's, that's the business that to me is the business when people are in the studio making a collaborative album unless it's you playing it writing it like prince you know (laughs) <laughs> who did it all literally uh but if you're beyonce or most of the artists in this industry uh or even it ain't even got to be a vocal artist it could be a theatrical performer it takes the lighting designer and the director and the producer and the casting casting agency to uh put all these elements together to form the shows that we that we have i mean it's collaborative and i feel like that's one thing that lacks in today's um artistic uh scene because i i feel like we're so all driven on becoming the next best thing that none of us know how to work together you know and it's like okay well i'm gonna do it alone and to me i don't feel like i mean doing it alone you probably you successful alone that's you're talented by yourself that's great but like i said using dream girls as an example i had juggernauts Joshua William Green, James Major Burns, Carrington Griffin, Myra Corley, R.A.O. Green, uh, Jennifer Zamis. Like, we had so many people, so many people who were... James Major Burns. You know... Did jug- you say my name? I did say your name. Oh, which, okay. which, sure. which were juggernauts. They're great individually, but the force together is powerful, which is what we need. 
That's the impact. And, and you see, we reached 3,000 people in the city of Youngstown. We grossed $45,000 and we raised 11000 thanks to the community support. I mean, so it takes a unit. It takes us all. And I feel like there needs to be placed a lot more value on that and less on you trying to take over the world by yourself. Right. I don't look at it as you know I'm, I'm trying to take I'm over not the talking world about you. versus I'm talking like about people, wanting period. to express how, you know, exactly how you feel, because that's how I felt. Um, that's how I can feel sometimes in a group effort of having a voice that doesn't get to be heard because you have to compromise a lot of the times and you just want to be able to um, voice what you have to say. And that's how I felt in three and a half gay sometimes. I'm like, well, I feel like I'm the problem because it seems like I always want to do what I want to do. And I couldn't be pleased with not being able to express myself the way I wanted to. Or oh, how? For- I mean, I just felt like I was at the table. I felt like you expressed yourself about the opinions of whatever topic it was, primarily because the topics came from you. So I'm like, but when why we do you, started discussing how you, we were going to get to the topics, that became the hard part. Um, towards the end of it, because it was like, oh, well, you just you always want to talk about this, or no, I don't want to talk about that. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you guys want to do? I mean, so I mean, that's you felt like that was compromise. You well, felt no, like I felt what like you wanted to do, is, right? I felt like even with like this, I were this is more the direction I wanted to go into, but I just couldn't do it in a group setting. Well, I mean, also the format of James Major Burns or Third Degree is nothing like three and a half. You do understand that, right? Right. So, I mean, it wasn't like you coming to the table to interview Nikki, Trey, and Tom every week, which is what you have solely done with this brand. Do you understand that? That's completely different. You have to understand that. Right. So, I mean, completely. You've interviewed 50 different people. That's why I wanted to remove myself. Okay, and and that was fine, you know. I mean, and in that case, no, you couldn't have done it with the three of us, no. right? No, absolutely not. But it, as far as writing a song or or taking out can to put do, because it's gonna make the overall it, it can and do is not changing the lyrics to your song. I mean, it is changing a word, but it's not changing the message. You know, what I'm saying that collaborative effort can't be this big deal. Oh, oh, in a fuss, I can't do what I wanted to want to do because you're trying to change my like that is like beyond me you that that's that's what collaboration is to make it better you know in this case you you weren't trying to collab with three and a half case to make it better in a sense you worried that's what you wanted to do but n- not really i feel like that's what the original goal was and then it went off to well if i can't do this in this group i'm gonna do it by myself you see how very different those things are one is changing can to do in a lyric of a song to make the picture of the song better. The other is changing the entire format of a podcast that fits what you wanted to do, which is what we're doing right now, which is not what three and a half gays was. You get that? That's where the right. confrontation came. So in discussing what I wanted to do, I was realizing what I wanted to do and I knew I couldn't do it in the group. Right. So in that case, like I said, you have to remove yourself. Right. Thus, third degree born. But like some of those things can be um, become issues as far as like people feeling like selfish or somebody else feeling like you're being selfish as far as like working together because people have their own um, agendas. I, and, and truthfully, I feel like you could have still did third degree and did three and a half gigs. 
I feel like you, yeah. I mean, people do both. People have multiple podcasts. They're in a group or they do it singly. You could have done both. If you, excuse me. If you wanted to interview a bunch of folk like you have done with this podcast and then have basic everyday, day-to-day conversations with three and a half gays, you could have done both. You were trying to mesh the two. And to me, I feel like you got in your own way. If that's just an assessment of me, because nobody stopped you. I feel James Major Burns from doing what you wanted to do. It's just what you wanted to do, which is what we're doing now, was not going to fit in the format of three and a half gigs. Of course, nobody stopped me because I can't be stopped. Period. Move on. Period. <laughs> I can't be stopped. Move on. <laughs> so anyway but I, do you understand that I oh, just, understand okay. what you're talking okay. about do you understand do you get where I'm coming from I, absolutely absolutely okay so um before we end we gotta talk about um so we watched this show called RuPaul's Drag Race absolutely and love the queens you just so loud sorry so anyway there's a, a drag queen by the name of Sherry Pie who Ooh. got eliminated Honey. for catfishing some guys and it's crazy because not the catfish drew it right out of the sea drew it out <laughs> of the sea but it's crazy because one of the main guys who's um uh what do I want to call it his reveal well whose stories has gotten a lot of um attention I actually did a show um at a theater where we were um um getting ready to move I moved in and he was getting ready to move out. So we were crossing just for a week or so. And so I met him and I got to know him for like two weeks or so. And he was one of the guys who revealed the story of being catfished by um, Sherry Sherry Pie, Pie, who was going by the name of Allison Mossy or Mosey. I don't know how it's pronounced. Allison Mossy. Mossy. So... He revealed the story. A lot of people got a lot of attention from it. And then several other people revealed some things about what Sherry Pie or Allison Mossy also did to them and making them, um, as far as uh, contacting them, telling them they were going to be a part of a show. She needed tapes from them. Some mm. of the tapes were, you know, R rated and getting them to do like sexual things or some sexual things. And um, that's just crazy to me. But. It's crazy. So now Sherry Pie is disqualified. Sherry Pie made it to the t- finale, the top four. They revealed it. Because uh, some of the spoilers said that, which I live for. And um, uh, they said it on in their little thing. They said Sherry Pie, because of some of her actions, has been disqualified and will not compete in the finale that will be filmed in whenever. So we know she made it to the top. So is it going to be a three-way or are they going to bring the person who was eliminated fifth back and have them be in the top four? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious as to how that's going to work. It's just crazy to me that um, it's so unfortunate that people do that to themselves. I just don't understand. The thing is, she probably never expected to be caught. Right, and that's the only and reason she's sorry. the biggest problem because had there not be, been this pressure on her, she would be still doing it. Let this be a lesson learned, America. Right. That <laughs> not to do this thing or or not to do anything that is causing anybody harm uh, that you may f- get some type of enjoyment out of uh, because you will possibly be caught. And if you are not caught, you ought to be caught because what, you, what you're doing is just 
blown. It's mind blowing. Uh, and and it was to so many people. I just, which is the crazy part too. But I, she literally, the, RuPaul's Drag Race is a platform that allows these queens to express themselves, who they are, who these characters that they play, these queens, uh, these alter egos that they are. When the sun goes down, uh, it, it it gives them a platform to express themselves in in that light and to get the world to know who they are it also allows them to make hell of money so i mean this can go one or two ways with her you know in america i mean she may because now we know this and they're still going to air the season you know she may still perform in drag in drag shows in new york super 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 talented it's so but but here's the gag she may perform two sold out houses because of this very issue. That's how media works. Right. That's how media works. I wonder how people are going to look at it. They want them to, people want them to take down the whole season 12. I remember when this guy, it was the show called Megan Wants to Be a Millionaire. This guy who ended up winning the season. Yeah. He killed this girl and then killed himself. Terrible. I think. Terrible. So they couldn't air the show at all. Or I think they aired like the first three episodes and then they cut it found off. out what happened. They had to cut it off. Wow. So for me, I guess this is the only thing that reminds me of that. Of like, but it's just sad. I mean, I it's guess so because sad. he's not dead or it's not murder, they're like, okay, well, we could keep it going. We're just going to disqualify him. But we have to watch the show. And people, like, I watched that first episode. And I was like, damn, this is, this sucks because she was so good. She was great. She was great. She could have won. I I could see her right. as as a winner. I was actually worried about like I was like I hope she won't be. She has the most charisma to me out of the queens, and or and the uniqueness in a sense, the talent too, you know. Right. But she also has the nerve. Clearly, you're gonna watch it, and it's <laughs> gonna be. I, I will say it's gonna be hard not to be like. Yeah. I'm gonna watch it. And I'm like I can't believe she did yeah. that, but I'm like, damn, she good. Yeah. Like because you can't deny the you talent. No, you can't. Despite, see, that's another conversation. It's like getting into that Bill Cosby thing. Like right. very talented, but he did some crappy stuff. Like you can't deny the 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 artistic ability, but he was terrible. In 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 well, what we know, right now of him, right. <laughs> can't can't be drugging people. But so was Harvey Weinstein. Well, well, well is, is it Weinstein? Okay, because mm. I didn't want to say the Broadway guy. Uh, Edna. <laughs> What's his name? Harvey. What? Firestein. Yeah, it must be fire. You see how close they are? Weinstein, Firestein. Yes, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. So I want to thank you so much for being a guest, and you'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we're gonna do another one, and uh, I love you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Wasn't baby. this fun? It was fun talking to you. And trying to tell me off on my show. You started, I started to forget what I was talking about. I was like, what is going on? What do you mean tell you off? You did what you did. You talking about for three and a half days? You said what you said. I said what I said because it needed to be and said. And what you said was some, this has been three and a half days with me, James Major Burns and Trevor Maurice. Soon, soon to, to be, be Burns. Absolutely. Uh, that's the most exciting thing about it to me. Right. Then I'm going to take your name. Uh-huh. You so excited about that? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, just be excited about that, girl. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Thank you, and good night. Bye, guys.